Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, what more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. In the 1970s and 80s, a monster hunted the Connecticut River Valley. Seven bodies found, one survivor, and no suspects. I'm Jane Borowski, host of Invisible Tears. I was seven months pregnant and stabbed 27 times, and I survived. My story didn't end that frightful night. This attack on me physically and mentally lingered for years. I'm Amanda Bedard, and I'm Jane's life coach and co-host of Invisible Tears. Jane is ready to share her story, and not just about her attack, but her healing process afterwards. As a platform for truth and healing, we are on a mission to help others that suffer from PTSD and help bring awareness to mental health issues. To hear my story and others, you can find Invisible Tears wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Two more murders, 15 miles away. Arrived, they found the there is something very dangerous about cults. Even the ones where members have simply been brainwashed or manipulated and no harm physically came to them. This cult, however, goes far beyond brainwashing and dives into sadistic torture. And on October 6th, 1989, the man in charge of the cult, their Moses, was finally arrested after doing irreparable damage. This is a very simplified version of one of the most gruesome cults I personally have ever heard of. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Roche Theriot took religion to an extreme. He taught himself the Old Testament of the Bible after dropping out of school in the seventh grade, believed that the end of the world was near, and eventually converted from Catholicism to Seventh-day Adventist Church, only to be voted out by the church once they believed him to be too extreme. He was an incredibly charismatic man, and it was that skill that helped him in the mid-70s to leave their lives and families to join his religious movement. By 1977, he and his group formed a commune in Quebec with the intention of living in unity, equality, and without sin. He immediately required his members, which was around 12 adults, to cut contact with their families 
and with the Adventist Church and told the group that God warned him that on February 17, 1979, the end of days would arrive and they would start preparations. Part of these preparations involved hiking to a remote mountainside called the Eternal Mountain and to build a new commune there. The group worked tirelessly to build a small town while Roche sat and watched and compared them to ants working on an anthill. This is where the cult's name, the Anthill Kids, began to form. February came and went with no sign of the end of days. Roche's followers began to question his wisdom, but he assured them, stating that time on earth and in God's world were not parallel and this was simply a miscalculation. And they believed him. It was around then that Roche decided that they needed to expand their community. How did he plan to do that? Well, he nullified the pre-existing marriages that he forced on his followers and began marrying them himself and impregnating all the women in the commune. All in all, he fathered around 26 children with nine different women, and by the 1980s, the group's members were nearly 40. The longer Roche Terriot led this group, the more he strayed away from the Adventist church's ideals and the worse his drinking problem became. But his members were loyal and never questioned his antics or judgment, though some members did learn to hide in the surrounding woods once they saw him drinking. He began inflicting punishments on anyone he deemed needed it. He would hit them with belts or a hammer, suspend them from the ceiling, pluck each of their body hairs out individually, or defecate on them. And these punishments were just the beginning. As time went on, he became more extreme. Members were forced to break other members' bones, sit on lit stoves, eat dead mice and feces, one of his many wives, in an effort to keep her newborn away from its father's violence, left it outside to die in the freezing temperatures. Roche, because he thought he was a holy being, thought that he could perform surgical operations on sick members. This was in an effort to show everyone what great healing powers he possessed. Most of these surgeries were completely unnecessary. He would inject a 94% ethanol solution into their stomachs, perform circumcisions on the children and men, removal of testicles, and the removal of a prolapsed uterus from hard physical labor. In 1989, one of the members, Solange Boylard, complained of an upset stomach. Roche's solution? To punch her in the stomach before forcing a plastic tube up her rectum to perform an enema with molasses and olive oil. He then cut open her stomach, took out parts of her intestines with his bare hands, and then had another member stitch her up with a needle and thread while another put a tube down her throat and members took turns blowing into it. Solange Boyard died the next day of acute perionitis caused by digestive fluids leaking into the abdominal cavity. Roche then began to claim that, in a dream, Solange was inside his body and took shape of his split semen. He convinced himself and others that Solange was the first reverse birth, which he described as a spiritual rebirth through the stomach of a male. He thought he was now pregnant with Solange. Roche then had her body exhumed, poured vinegar in her internal organs to keep worms away, buried her and exhumed her again before drilling a hole in her skull and ejaculating inside. When she did not return from the dead, 
She was cremated, but not before Roche collected some of her body and placed it in a jar that he would regularly masturbate into to try and bring her back. One of his members, Gabrielle Lavallee, who had been subject to some of Roche's most violent attacks, finally decided enough was enough. She attempted to escape and was punished by Roche by having part of her breasts cut off, her head smashed with the blunt end of an axe, her finger removed with wire cutters, and her arm amputated with a chainsaw. Despite all of this, she made a second attempt to flee, this time successfully. Authorities had long-held suspicions against the cult, even having social services take 17 children away. But because the cult was a registered church, they could not investigate the adults. Though over the years, they had made small attempts to disband the group, but only succeeded in making Roche look like a martyr and a hero. However, now, with testimony from Gabrielle, Roche Theriot was arrested on October 6, 1989, and charged with assault, and later, after Gabrielle told authorities of the death of Solange Boyard, with second-degree murder in 1993. He was sentenced to life imprisonment. When he was placed in prison, the majority of the cult abandoned their leader, but some of the females made conjugal visits. On February 26, 2011, Roche Theriot, then 63, was found dead near his cell. A fellow inmate, Matthew Gerard McDonald, came to the guard station, handed them a shiv, and said, That piece of shit down on the range, here's the knife, I've sliced him up. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on October 7th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.